Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Idol episode 1717. I missed you guys. Hopefully some of you all have missed me. Uh, took a bit of a break. One was planned due to Memorial Day weekend. A lot going on that week and leading up to it. So uh, there were uh, some things that pulled me away from the recording, uh, the at least the publishing part and the editing part of the show. So I did actually record a show Memorial Day weekend. So um, that's actually done. And I actually finished editing the show right before recording this show. So you're actually going to get two episodes this week you're going to get the episode that i recorded memorial the week leading up into memorial day weekend last week i actually didn't do a show and the reason for that was uh the there were other areas of responsibility uh, that i had to kind of like pull me away from the show and when i finally did post it i had some difficulty with the web post so Basically, and you guys have heard me mention this in the past, there's actually a paid subscription to the web post. There's a free subscription. There's a paid subscription. Then you have different tiers of pay. So the particular tier that I had at the time um, didn't allow for more than certain episodes or a, a certain amount of hours to be published at a time. And after a certain point, it actually just deletes the show. And it'll keep some of the later shows, but it'll delete the most recent one, which is weird to me because I feel like it should delete the older ones, but it deletes the newer ones. Uh, it basically gives it like this temporary, I believe it's a week. Um, it, it puts it up there for a week. And if you don't upgrade your show, it deletes it. So um, I actually had got an email from them saying, hey, today's the last day. If you don't upgrade you know, your tier, if you don't upgrade your plan, then uh, we're going to delete the show. And that email went into the junk folder of the show's email that I'll talk if you'll listen actually went into the junk folder because Hotmail deemed that to be not important or, uh, you know, feeble information, so to speak. So I didn't even realize the episode wasn't even up at, at first. Uh, and so one of the listeners of the show was like, hey, you know, your show isn't on iTunes. Uh, you know, I work with them. And uh, it was actually my friend Dell. And if you've listened to the last week's episode before listening to this one, then you already know who Dell is. But if you're listening to this one first for some reason, because you're a rebel and you don't go with the flow, you like going against the grain and you say, I'm going to listen to 17 before 16, uh, then you don't know who Dell is yet. But Dell is a friend of mine. I actually went to high school with him. Didn't know him in high school, but still went to high school with him. And now we end up working together. Some 10 years later, how crazy is that? Uh, but, you know, he said, hey, I didn't get a notification of the show. And, you know, I was pretty excited because Dell actually shared some thoughts on last week's show. And he wrote basically a memoir, like a, 
a novel, a mini novel, so to speak, and sent it to me. And I read some of it on the show and I was really excited for him to hear his thoughts on the show. Like I always am for you all. And, you know, when I saw him, I'm like, hey, did you, you know, did you hear everything? Did you hear the show? He's like, no. I'm like, really? Because it's on my web host. And come to find out, it actually wasn't because uh, Spreaker decided to delete it because they wanted that money. They said, give me some money or else they held my podcast hostage, guys. It was not pretty. But some good news and some updates for you all that I can't wait to share with you. And then I'm going to dive into a few topics that I'm really, really, really passionate about. We're going to talk about perception and how it affects people, especially in the inner city. We're going to talk about family and when is it too much to help family? When do you actually become a crutch for people? And, you know, we're going to talk about how that actually affects, you know, your children growing up. And then we're going to talk about that guy in the White House and the best football team of all time, the Philadelphia Eagles. And we're going to talk about some politics. So I can't wait to dive into these topics. But starting with the good news. So I decided to upgrade my tier plan. I actually negotiated a really cool discount, believe it or not. I didn't think I would be able to do it, but they gave me a three-month discount. So I decided to upgrade my tier. And uh, I just ended up emailing the – so I get these emails every now and again from like their – I want to say like their media relations team. And they just basically tell me about sales and, and the like and – I reached out to them and say, hey, I only have one show. You know, this is what my audience base is like. And they looked at my growth, actually. They looked at my growth from when I started till now. And, um, you know, they said that's a pretty good at a good rate. I'm growing at a pretty good rate for, for the type of outlet that I am for me to just be an average Joe. So they gave me a, a discount package on one of the tiers that they uh, actually and it's a sale that they current aren't they They actually aren't offering right now. So. Uh, they really helped me out and, you know, I upgraded it and bam, there you go. So I have a discount, uh, discounted tier and I decided to upgrade the show. So all of my episodes will be available on Spreaker. We're talking episode one to episode 17. They will all be available on Spreaker. So you can actually, if you're new and you're diving in, you can go ahead and, Start at episode four, or you can listen to probably my worst episode to date, episode two. And uh, that was my second episode, just get my feet underneath me. You can listen to that. You can listen to, you know, episode three, which I feel like was a really good episode. You can listen to episode four, which I feel is an awesome, ep- up, all really awesome episode. So you can listen to a lot of these episodes that uh maybe you haven't gotten a chance to listen to or maybe you just want to go back and listen to it just to see how far the show's come and just to hear some of the topics that's been covered uh previously so uh, that's the good news so all of the episodes will be up on Spreaker I also got wind of the fact that when you pay for a certain membership your podcast will also be distributed on Spotify so I actually checked before I recorded this episode it wasn't up yet I don't know if there's a bit of a delay or if there's something I have to do. So I'm actually going to look into that on the way to work today on how to get it on Spotify. And I know a lot of you listen to your podcast on Spotify and you look at Spotify. And one thing about Apple Music and Spotify is it's a lot of people's one stop shop 
where they don't really like to go to different places to listen to different things. You know, they don't want to like to go to iTunes to listen to their podcast and they have to go to Spotify to listen to their music and then they have to go to the YouTube to, to listen to, you know, their their other exclusive YouTube content. Like, you know, they like having a one the, the, the fewer trips, the fewer apps, the better. So I know a lot of you have been uh, on my back about getting the show on Spotify. And I think that's a huge step because Spotify actually just started. They're pretty young in the podcast game. I think they just started, I want to say last year or maybe the year before. And they're pretty young in the podcast game. So they have a pretty high and strict standard on what and whom they'll allow on their, that they that they will allow on their platform. And if I can get on that platform, that'd be awesome. So uh, that'd be pretty cool. And then all of you guys can listen to your music and listen to your podcast, including me, on one media outlet. So that'd be pretty cool. Um, of course, still going to say on Apple Music, still going to be on Stitcher, still going to be on Google Play. Uh, and again, if you listen to episode 16 before listening to this, you should know that we surpassed 500 downloads. So like I mentioned, we're going to do an idle gift card giveaway, another, another idle gift card giveaway. We did one with 300 downloads. I wanted to do one for 400, but we got to 400 so quickly. I mean, a matter of like two weeks. And if I kept that rate up, I, I would have, you know, been ditching out gift cards like crazy. Um, and we're not that big yet to where we can do that. Maybe in the future, but right now we're going to do it at every uh, certain particular predefined mi- milestone. And this time around, it was 500 downloads. So the show's sitting at 581 downloads right now. So pretty big stuff. So I want to do an idle gift card giveaway. This will be week one. We're going to do. We're going to. This is going to be a two-week affair. Again, if you listen to episode 16, you heard me say it towards the end, but this will be the two week affair. So you'll have this week's episode and next week's episode to participate. All you have to do to participate is simply tell me what your favorite episode is and why. It doesn't have to be intricate. You don't have to send me a lot of information. It can be very simple. There are a few ways you can do it. I'm going to tell you how you can participate. Way number one, the old school method. The first method, the OG method. You can email into the show. That's I'll talk if you'll listen. It's literally the name of the show. Doesn't matter if it's case sensitive. Emails are not case sensitive. No apostrophes. Do not include the apostrophes for the show. So it's just I'll talk if you'll listen at hotmail.com. You just put the subject line idle gift card giveaway. And in the body of the email, just tell me what your favorite episode is and why. You can just simply say, hey, episode 13 was my favorite episode because it was the first idle thought segment or I really like what Charles and Ryan had to say in their interviews. Um, you could say episode 16 was my favorite because you talked about the Royal wedding or you, I really like pages thoughts on the particular dating topic. So it could be whatever you want. It doesn't have to be super intricate. Now I would encourage long thought out responses because I would really like to read some of those on the show. I think it'd be pretty cool, uh, but doesn't have to be. Second way you can do it is on Twitter, I-T-I-Y-L underscore I-T-I-Y-L on Twitter. So it's basically the show's initials separated by an underscore, and you can get to the underscore. I, I don't realize how many people how many people who aren't really uh, techie listen to the show, so I do apologize for everyone who thinks this is common sense, but it's actually not. But you get to the underscore by pressing the shift key 
and then the minus key. The minus key is located right after the zero on the QWERTY keyboard, or it's actually uh, up and top and uh, to the right uh, on the uh, number pad. But uh, you you get to the underscore specifically by pressing the key next to the zero by just holding down shift and pressing the minus key. But uh, so it's I T I Y L underscore I T I Y L on Twitter. You can do a few things on Twitter. You could just mention me on Twitter and just tell me what your favorite episode is and why. You can hashtag idle gift card giveaway. Uh, that's uh, idle, the initials of the show, gift card giveaway, all put together. Make that your hashtag. That way, even if you don't mention me, I can at least search the gift card get a giveaway hashtag and make sure you get your spot, you get your entry. And finally, you can go on YouTube or you can go on Spreaker if you have a Spreaker membership and just straight up let me know what your um, favorite episode is and why on the comment section. And it doesn't even have to be the show that you're commenting about, that you're commenting on. So, for example, on YouTube right now, there are only a couple of episodes up. What if your episode isn't listed on YouTube? That's fine. Just go to YouTube. Just comment on episode whatever and just say, hey, episode 11, episode 9, episode 8. That was my favorite episode and here's why. Oh, and I'm leaving out DM. You can also DM me on Twitter. And hell, I'll even extend it to my personal Facebook. If you are my friend on Facebook and you also listen to the show, just D just you know message me on Facebook and just say, Hey, this is my favorite episode and why. Um all media outlets um are going to be available to you all. I want to make sure I get as many people as possible included into the show. So again, idle gift card giveaway. This is a giveaway, not a raffle. You do not have to pay to enter. You do not have to jump through any hoops or sign up anywhere to enter. All you have to do is just do what I mentioned earlier and just contact me. Let me know what your favorite episode is and why. And I mean it, guys, from the bottom of my cold heart, I really appreciate you listening to the show. I mean, just just take this average kid from Philly, you know, not no famous connections, no radio shows, no, no, no anything. And to have to sit here and say, you know, I have over 500 downloads in as many months over in, in five months is, is, is crazy to say I'm averaging a little over 100 downloads per month is crazy. And I, I'm so happy. I'm extremely humble and I'm very grateful. So without further ado and not without making you all cry, I want to go ahead and dive into the topics for this week. So when, if you know me, especially if you've worked with me, especially at my previous job, you know one of my favorite sayings is perception is reality. Perception is reality. Perception is reality. And I think we overlook, especially a lot of younger people, overlook perception and the type of impact it can have on the people around you and the world around you. And a lot of people tend to just either purposefully or or knowing, unknowingly become they're, – they're just oblivious to the perceptions that they have. They're oblivious to you know, what type of things they're putting out in the world. They're being really oblivious to how people are viewing them. So I'm hoping this topic can help just shed a little light on – on certain things. So we have things like social media, right? And um, a listener in the past, uh, you know, my buddy Jules, 
uh, on her interview two episodes ago, she mentioned like how she wanted to hear uh, about social media and the type of effect that it has on us. So again, you know, guys, I do listen. You know, when you guys call in an interview into the idle thoughts segment, and at the end, I ask everybody the same question: What type of thoughts would you like to hear on future episodes? And um, you know, Joel said, "Hey, I would like to hear you talk about social media and the type of effect." That that has on, you know, our peer group and just people in general. So one of the, and that ties directly into this topic about perception. So I can't tell you how. First and foremost, let me have this disclaimer because in, in today's age, you get some you get people who are so freaking sensitive and they just want to be angry and upset about everything. That I have to make sure I clarify certain things. By no means am I telling you to change what's on your social media. I'm just going to let you know how it looks because you might be oblivious to it or you might feel like you don't care. Now, it's one thing to not care about something that you don't know about that you think you do, but you really don't. For example, you might not care what people think about you, but you might be losing an opportunity on a job because you're being stubborn in your 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 appearance, for example. But it's another thing to really actually have somebody come up to you and go, oh, I actually wanted to have you featured on the show. Or, oh, I actually wanted to have you, um, you know, interview for this job. Or, oh, I actually wanted to, you know, take you on this trip or whatever. But I didn't because of this. You know, so, again, it's one thing to have this mindset of, oh, I don't care what other people think. I'm going to be me, quote unquote. But to actually not really realize the type of impact that has, I just want to shed a little bit of light on that um, because it, it's it's very relevant. And I do have some notes here um, to look at because this is a topic that's like really, really, really uh, um, important to me. And I'm really, really passionate about it. So just going back to Jules, Jules mentioned the effect of social media and, you know, um, we post things, all types of things on our social media. And whether we realize it or not, we we create a perception of who we are as a person. So I once saw a post and I couldn't tell you from who and, and how long ago it was. But I once saw a post from a friend on Facebook who said that just because I post this doesn't mean that I feel this way. You don't even know me as a person. What they don't realize the irony in that statement is how many of us are friends with people that we haven't seen in 10 years? On Facebook. How many of us? I'm friends with people I went to high school with. I haven't even seen them. Unless I'm seeing them bumping into them. Like literally. I bumped into my friend uh, Bobby once. I bumped into my friend Warren once. Bumped into my friend Erica once. um, That I went to high school with. And it was just on a train. I bumped into my friend. uh, Erica's sister Ebony. On a train. And just out at like a cafe. Like a restaurant or something. I just bumped into her. You know. Like you know. I bumped into a friend of mine, uh, I, so I live in Philadelphia. Uh, there's an area outside of Philadelphia called King of Prussia. And uh, every year they have a beer fest. And um, during a beer fest, uh, you there's a ton of people there. It's right in the parking lot of the mall. I actually ran into a buddy who was working one of the stands at the beer fest that I met in high school. So, you know, there are a lot of these people that I literally have never seen in person unless I just see them in chance, uh, by chance, uh, in over 10 years. In some cases over 15 if I went to middle school with them, you know, uh, so it's 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 at a point where we're friends with people that we don't really even know anymore. We know we knew them 10 years ago. We knew who they were 10 years ago, but we don't know how they grew and changed as a person, as a parent, 
as someone who practices or believes in politics or religion or spirituality. We have no idea what they're involved in. Our only connection to them is, is social media. So I'm going to specifically use Facebook and Twitter right now. And the reason for that is those are the only two social media outlets that I have. Um, I don't have a snap book or, or, or chat tweet, whatever the kids call it. I don't have that. Um, I don't have, uh, uh, Instagram. I don't have that. I just, I'm thinking about getting an Instagram too. I actually want you guys' opinion on that. So, uh, let me know what you guys' opinion on if I should get an Instagram or not to promote the show. And, um, I think I will, I think I will, but just, just let me know guys. Um, but anyway, I don't have one yet, just a Twitter, just a Facebook. So I'm going to be mainly focusing on those two things. So, um, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll hear Facebook and Twitter a lot, but this applies to all social media. So think about this. There are people who don't know you. There were people who weren't there for your car accident. There were people who weren't there for when you graduated college. There were people who weren't there when you got baptized. There were people who weren't there when you went on that trip to India. There were people who weren't there when you got really, really drunk and you blacked out and you woke up with that massive hangover. Hangover. There are people who weren't there. So their only connection and recap and recollection of that event is whatever you decide to share on uh, with them on social media. So if you're constantly posting things like how you're sad and depressed, you're going to worry some people. If you're constantly posting things about how you're pro-gun or pro-abortion, you're going to have a perception that that's all you're about. If you're constantly posting things about food, people are going to think you're a foodie. And the thing that really bothers me about this social media and this perception thing are the people out there who are just totally oblivious to the perception that they're putting out in the world. And when people come at them a certain way, they want to act all like wide-eyed, like, oh, my God, what's going on here? Where are you getting this thought from? I know a young lady who is um, I don't know if she's ever listened to the show. I actually tried to get her onto the show. I don't know if she's ever actually listened to the show, but I know a young lady who's huge into basketball. Um, she can run circles around a lot of the guys I know. She's really huge into basketball. Um, some of my friends who listen, who, who went to high school with me may even know, may even know who I'm talking about. Um, but she, uh, is super huge around. She can run circles. She is like a super, super sports head, but like a basketball historian. Like she's like a basketball goddess. She, she, she knows her stuff. I wish I could curse on the show. She knows her stuff. Um, just replace the word stuff with the word that, you know, I want to say she, she, she's on top of her game. Pun definitely attended. So she'll constantly post. So she's a huge LeBron James fan, right? And um, she's from Philadelphia, but she's a LeBron James fan. So, of course, she's going to follow the Cavs, right? She's not going to not root for the Sixers, but she's not going to root for the Sixers either. You know what I mean? Like, she's like that neutral where, like, I'm not going to bash the Sixers, but at the same time, I'm not going to say go Sixers because I'm not really a Sixers fan, right? So there was a period in time and maybe even now, but I haven't seen really much from her, probably because the Sixers are out of the playoffs. But there was a period of time and I mean weeks at a time where she would constantly criticize Sixers fans for being Sixers fans. You know, she would constantly criticize people because the Sixers have been bad for a pretty good bit. Like one would even argue we've been bad since, you know, Allen Iverson left. But I mean, we actually made the playoffs in 2009, 2008, 2009 season. Um, 
we made the playoffs. Uh, got knocked out of the first round by the Orlando Magic, but we made the playoffs. But since then, like we've been horrible. You know, we've been tanking. We've had like one season. I think it was like two, se- two or three seasons ago. Had like ten wins. Mind you, there's like 82 games in the season. We had we 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 won ten of them. You know, so um, you know, imagine trying to cook dinner 82 times and 72 times you burn the house down. Like that's that's the, that's how bad the Sixers were. But this year they were really, really good. And they actually made it to the second round of the playoffs. Um, and we have some superstars, uh, some potential superstars on our team. And um, there were a lot of people happy about that. You know, there are a lot of people who are like, hey, I'm glad the Sixers are really doing well right now. Um, and I was one of them. I mean, anyone who knows me personally knows I'm really into sports as a science. Like, I love sports. But my favorite sport and the only sport that I follow is football. So... And I'm a I'm a I'm a Philadelphia fan. I, you know, I, I want the Flyers to do well. I want the Phillies to do well. I want the Sixers to do well. Hell, I want the soul to do well. I don't even know what their record is. I don't I may not even watch a game. But being from Philadelphia and being a sports fan, I want my hometown teams to do well. Even if I'm not necessarily, quote unquote, a Phillies fan or a Sixers fan or a Flyers fan. I still want the team to do well. So there are people out there who were like that when the Sixers did well. And she got up on social media and just bashing, bashing Sixers fans. Oh, y'all want to be, oh, y'all want to be fans now. Oh, oh y'all want to be, um, oh, where were y'all when the Sixers had 10 wins? Yada, 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 yada. And like almost every post was like that. So take somebody who doesn't deal with her, who doesn't know her personally, who doesn't work with her, who doesn't see her on a daily basis. Hell, even if you're the local guy at the grocery store or the local guy at the Dunkin' Donuts that she goes into every day and you see her every day, that person knows her better than let's say I would because I only – yeah, I've known her for over 10 years, but I went to high school with her, hung out a few times with her after high school, and that's it. Like, So my only connection to her is via Facebook. So if I see her constantly posting these things about Philadelphia Sixers fans, imagine what that does to my per- perception. My thing is, here's the biggest thing that bothered me. If you post stuff like that and you know what the perception is that you're creating and you're okay with it, that's one thing. But if you post stuff like that and you create this perception and people come up at you about this perception and you act surprised, that's where my issue is. When you're totally ignorant of the perception that you're putting out there into the world and you're just sitting there like, oh, my God, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? That's that's the part of it that, like, actually bothers me. So here's another example. Um, I knew another young lady who is like she constantly posts about how guys and mind you, she's not using the word guys, but I'm going to have to say guys. But she's constantly saying how guys aren't crap, like how guys aren't good. Like there are no good men out here um, and they're constantly full of full of crap and she can't find a good guy to save her life. And all they want is sex. That's her. Pers- all they want is sex. There aren't any good men. All they want is sex. All they want is sex. All they want is sex. So you kind of look at that and you go, of course, the bitter women, the, the, the bitter friends that she has that like are her friends on Facebook. They're, of course, they're going to agree with her. Right. Because they're living the same lifestyle. But you take somebody who doesn't live that lifestyle, maybe in a maybe in a very happy and successful relationship, they're going to look at that and go, wow, why can't you find peace? Why can't you find a good person? What's going on there? Right. To where the bitter people are going, you're right. Men aren't crap. Men, men, men aren't worth it. 
men aren't worth, you know, the 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 shoes that 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 they're wearing. And, you know, men aren't worth that. And they're agreeing with her. But again, the perception that she's putting out there is that there aren't any good men and she can't find any. But I lie to you not, every single last post or picture or selfie that she posts is of a sexual connotation. She's wearing revealing clothing. She's wearing tight clothing. Um, she's posing sexually. Um, she'll make a sexual post or status update. Now, again, let me make a disclaimer because first and foremost, uh, let, let me throw this out here. First and foremost, this is not for the victims. If you're a victim and you think nothing is your fault and you're going to sit here and disagree with everything I, th- I have to say, one, I would love to hear your thoughts. Hell, I would love to even have you on the show. We can debate it out. But two, stop listening. This isn't for you. This is for the person who wants to grow and learn and figure out how they can improve themselves. This is not for the person who can do no wrong, who is Mrs. or Mr. Victim, who's it's everybody's fault but theirs. This isn't for you. Stop listening. I'm not I, I, I'm talking about you, but I'm not talking to you because you you can do no wrong. You, you, you don't fit the description. Right. That's not you. It's it's not your fault. You didn't get that job. The manager was racist. So I'm, who, who, who am I to tell you that you, you, you need to look in the mirror instead of looking out the window? I'm not talking. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about you. You can stick around for that if you want to. But I'm not I'm not talking to you. But going back to this young lady, she she posts, you know, these sexual things. And first and foremost, that's her right. Let me be clear about this. OK, I don't want to paint the wrong picture here. Talk about perception. Let me be clear about this. That's her right. She can do that if she wants to. That's her right to post, you know, whatever she wants to post. And uh, she can it's her Facebook. You know, I don't I don't run her Facebook. It's her Facebook. But my point being is think about the perception you're putting out there. Think about this. One minute you're sitting here complaining about how you can't find a good man and all they want is sex. But when you post pictures or you post status updates and they're about sex. Think about the perception you're putting out there. Now, it's okay to be comfortable with your sexuality. And I despise the argument that women can't be open with their sexuality. Otherwise, they're, they're hoes or sluts. I don't like that narrative. They, I, I actually respect and, and admire a woman who just wants sex and who can just put that out there. And that's great. But it's one thing to just want sex and then get a guy who only wants sex and you don't complain about it because that's all you wanted in the first place. But it's another thing to be open with your sexuality and then post on social media about how guys all they want is sex, but then you turn around posting sexual things. Like it it just I hope you guys see the hypocrisy in that. You know, you can't sit here and say how, you know, woe is me, I don't have a job, I need a job, I need a job, I need a job. And when people are hitting you up like, Oh man, look, you know, I saw your post, here's some extra money to help you out, and you look at them like, Oh, I don't need your money, I don't need your help. That person's going to be confused as hell. They're going to be like, "Well, wait a minute here. You, I'm seeing your post on Facebook." And, and again, let me let me let me backtrack a bit just to clarify to people who missed the point. The point is, this is the only kind. This is the only connection that someone has to you. They do not communicate with you on a daily basis. They do not text you. They do not talk to you. They're just your friend or associate on Facebook. That's it. So when they constantly see, let's say I was a slob. Let's say I was a knucklehead. 
let's say I was just looking for the next conquest of a woman and I'm just like trying to add another notch on, on my belt. And I see you on social media posting up all these pictures, uh, you know, revealing clothing, tight clothing, you bending over, you got your tongue out, you got a tongue ring and you're doing all these things and you're being very provocative and very promiscuous. And you post these statuses and these memes about how badly you want sex. And I'm just looking for another conquest. I'm signing your DM. I'm sliding in your DM. I'm trying to see what's going on with that. I'm trying to get in your pants. That's what I'm trying to do. You can't turn around and say how, oh, guys aren't crap and, uh, oh, how all they want is sex. Well, yeah, because you told me that's all you want, too. So you got to be aware. This is other young lady on Twitter that um, I'm good friends with. And I actually used to hang out with a lot. So when I saw her post the way she posted on Twitter and when I hung out with her often, it was just kind of like, hey, it's like night and day because she's not like that in person. You know what I mean? Or at least she's choosing not to let me see that side of her. But on Twitter, she was very provocative. I mean, like she would say some stuff that like were was really over the top that should be censored. Right. And I used to just think to myself, like, look at the message you're putting out there. Look at the perception you're creating. Now, again, if you're OK with that perception, that's your right. But don't you need you. I think it's very, very dangerous for us to be ignorant of the perception that we're putting out there. Another another person out there is the type of person who goes, oh, I don't need this job. Screw this job. I'm a gift to this job. This job needs me. You know, or I'm a walking blessing to this job. Yada, 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 yada. You know, to that person, you don't realize that the perception you're creating to the people around you is that one well, a that you're better than them but but b you never know who you could be talking to that person potentially could be your supervisor eventually that person maybe years from now could end up you could end up working for or working with think about that let's say you work with somebody for 10 for you know for 10 years ago and they were a horrible worker they complained about everything they they were the victim. Everything was everything else was their fault as to why they couldn't get their work done. They were poor at time management. Uh, they were poor at communication skills. They couldn't take feedback to save their lives. Like every time you give them tried to give them constructive criticism, they turned around and snapped or got super defensive. And let's say ten years go by and you start your own company, or let's say ten years go by and you're the manager of, of another company, and guess who comes walking through your door to apply for your job? Think about that. So I just really want to encourage you all to think about the perception that you put out there. You know, just think about that. You know, think about what do you do to per perpetuate the circumstances that you're in? Do if people think you're a loner and you don't want to go out when they go out, why do they think that? If people think that you don't want to come to a game night or to a guy's night out or to a girl's night out, why do why do they think that? If people think that you're lonely and depressed all the time, why do they think that? If people think that you're bitter, and that, you know, you can't find a good relationship to save your life. Why do they think that? The, you know, there's there's definitely an argument to be made in, in people's perception and why they feel that way. Perception is reality. It really is. And, and I think we just need to take more of a proactive approach into understanding why. I mean, there's people out there. How many of us know somebody who they constantly complain at work? They're constantly late. They don't do their job. They're very unproductive. But they'll sit there and complain about how much money they make or they'll sit there and complain about how little their raise was or they'll sit there and complain about how, you know, they don't get, they aren't getting any promotion opportunities. 
And you're sitting there thinking, like, you, you, you may not want to be that person to tell them, like, well, why should they promote you? And then they'll sit there and list normal, average, run-of-the-mill reasons because I do their, I do my work. Well, you're supposed to. That's like you working for public transportation and you're driving the bus for five years and you're complaining that you haven't been offered a promotion. And it's like, OK, well, why why should you get that promotion? Oh, because I wake up. I'm on time. I drive the bus. I pick up passengers. I drop them off and I go home. Well, you're supposed to do that. They're already paying you for that. Why should they pay you more for something you're already doing? They're already paying you to do that. You know, you know what I mean? Like they're there. How many of us know somebody like that? And, um, you know, we need to be the friends to check them if because they're they aren't getting they aren't getting checked by somebody else. You know, me personally, I'll keep my mouth shut depending on my relationship with the person. So let's just take those examples I use on social media, for example, like those people who post all types of things on, on social media. I'm not close enough to them to feel like I, I have a right to go up to them and say, hey, look, you need to calm down a bit. This is the message you're putting out there. but if you know somebody like that and you're close enough to them to tell them like, hey, you need to be careful. This is the perception you're creating. You need to tell them that because they they might genuinely not know or they might be in this this they might be ignorant and be in the fact that like, oh, I'm going to be who I'm going to be. I'm not going to be fake. You need to ask them, why do they feel like adjusting their um Adjusting to their situation is being fake. What does that even mean? Like people will have like, oh, I ain't being fake. I ain't being fake for nobody. I'm going to be who I'm going to be. Okay, I get that. But why do you feel like being professional is being fake? Why do you associate with that? Why do you associate maybe, you know, going to church is, you know, and being being spiritual is being fake? Why do you associate with, you know, hang out with certain people, hanging out with certain people being fake? What is that? Why can't that just be another extension of yourself? For example, I'm a huge gamer. I love playing video games. And I feel like that's who I am as a person. I'm always going to love video games. Does that mean that if I choose not to play a video game and choose to watch a movie, I'm being fake to myself? No, it just means I'm exploring another area of myself. If if you aren't grammatically correct and you your sentences are all jacked up and your vocabulary is very limited and all jacked up, in the neighborhood and when you're hanging out with your friends and you use things like double negatives and things like ain't and words that don't exist like ama and if you don't know what ama is it's like i'm about to go do something or i'ma be mad ama that's not a word but you're saying it around your friends fine you're comfortable you can you can do that that's fine you know be you but why is it that when you aren't using those words in a professional environment you're fake now so I'm talking to my friends and I'm saying John and I'm saying cuz and I'm saying bruh and I'm saying ain't with my friends. And then when I'm getting work and I'm saying because and shouldn't and uh, instead of ain't, I'm saying not, you know, things like that. I'm being fake now. No, I'm just understanding my environment and being around my environment. So, again, we as friends, I think we're obligated to check our friends and let, and let them know, like, hey, look, you need to. You know, realize that, hey, you ain't got to change if you don't want to, but you need to understand that you're putting yourself, you're creating a certain circumstance for the situation that you're in. And that's important. I mean, and we earlier in the conversation, I said I was going to talk about family. Family is the same, family is the same way. You know, there's family out here that, you know, they're constantly mismanaging their money. They create the perception that they're irresponsible. So when they come to you and ask you to borrow money, 
you're going to have second thoughts about that. No, if you're coming to me constantly asking me to borrow money, my perception of you is that you're irresponsible and you can't do it. So so that's really important, uh, uh, the perception that we're putting out there. And we need to be very, very aware of the perception that we're putting out there. And speaking of family, um, I was I was in an Uber yesterday on the way to work. And speaking of not being professional, my my Uber, you ever see somebody with like a ratchet name or ghetto name? And let's be real. You know, if your name is ratchet or ghetto, you know, it is like, don't give me that crap. Like, oh, it's no such thing. You know, it is, you know, it, I might get some people mad, but you know, if your name is Lakidra, Lashantea, Brianiqua, Obama Nate. You know your name. You you know if your name is Ratchet. You do. And I'm gonna be, I'm gonna admit this. And a lot of people probably won't admit this, but I like being honest with you guys. And I'm gonna keep it real. When I see a name, I make a judgment. Initially, I I, I do because it, it gives me a little bit of perception of the person and at least the environment that they they grew up with. A lot of people say don't judge a book by a cover or that's wrong. I feel like that's that it, it's survival of the fittest. Sometimes you have to. Sometimes you have to. If you're walking down the street and you see a group of guys approaching you and it's dark out and it's like 1:30 in the morning, you're not going to sell you're not going to say to yourself, "Oh, you know what? These probably are upstanding gentlemen. Let me not judge a book by its cover." No, you probably going to walk that ass across the street. You're going to be like, oh, man, you know what? These guys are probably up to no good, you know, and they could just be walking to the store. You have no idea. But you can't. That phrase, don't judge a book by its cover, I think should only apply to certain situations. Like, for example, if, you know, you see somebody wearing the same clothes that they wore yesterday, don't judge a book by its cover. You don't know what their situation was. You know what I mean? Like. Um, you don't you don't know if they went home last night. You don't know if they had to go to a hospital in an emergency room, you know, and then they end up going straight to work straight from the emergency room. You know, they spent the night in the emergency room with a family member or something like that. I think don't judge a book by a cover by its cover should apply to certain situations like that. But saying stuff like, oh, if a person comes to a job interview with a dingy t-shirt, some ripped jeans, and some boots. Don't judge a book by its cover. That's probably all they can afford. No, I am going to judge a book by its cover because you know what you got on just like I know what you got on. Because I can't tell you how many interviews I did have like that with a person coming in. They, the first words out their mouth was, I'm sorry, I'm just like this. And they give me some half half behind excuse as to why they're dressed that way. So before you sit there and say, don't judge a book by its cover, you need to look at the context. So I don't ju- I don't make judgments on the person as far as who they are character wise, but I do make judgments as far as like where they're from and what their behavior may be, because let's keep it real. If the person is from like. A really like a suburb and they've gone to private schools and they grew up in, you know, they they had a really they're well off. They have a really good you know upbringing and then they have a daughter or or a son. They're not going to name their son Obamaniqua or, or their daughter Obamaniqua. They're not going to do that. Just because they, they're just not going to do that. Regardless of the reason, we can talk about that later. They're just not going to do that. So so this young lady, um, I forget what her name was, but it was Ratchet. And I looked at it and I'm like, you know, I actually say to myself, please don't be Ratchet. Because I hate when... 
I hate when that perception is proven right, if that makes sense. Like, I hate when you do come like like because there's some people out there who who do judge the person's character based off of their name. I don't. I make certain educated guesses of what their life experience may have been. So when I see their name and I see that it is like an Obamaniqua or a Lakidra or something like that, I, I I make an assumption on maybe what their environment was like or maybe what part of the city they grew up in or the type of environment they grew up in, things like that. But I don't make a judgment call on their character. Oh, this person's probably always late to work or this person is probably always broke or this person probably, you know, does drugs or something like that. Like, I don't make those type of judgment calls. But, you know, there's certain people out there who do. And I hate when that perception is proven right. Like, how many of us watch the news, right? And just speaking to, like, my, my black audience and, like, how many of us watch the news and, like, it'll be, like, a liquor store was robbed at gunpoint and the the person, uh, you know, left his ID there or something. It's something stupid, like a real petty, stupid crime. And the whole time before they show the mugshot, you're like, please don't be black. Please don't be black. Please don't be black. And they show that it was Zamir Jenkins out of North Philly. You're like, damn it, Zamir. You know, you're just like, damn, why did you prove that perception? Because you know, as a black person that all black people aren't like that, but white people who don't or other people who who aren't black, you know, Asians, Hispanics, whomever, who don't live in that environment. Like, how many of us know somebody who don't didn't grow up in Philly, so they think all of Philly is like North Philly, or all of Philly is like West Philly, not realizing that North Philly isn't even like North Philly even more with Temple buying everything, and West Philly and Southwest Philly isn't like what West Philly and Southwest Philly used to be like with UPenn and Drexel, you know, uh, buying up everything. So. So these colleges are owning some of the parts of the, the, the city that used to be bad and it's like turning them around. Right. Um, so. So the percept when I when that perception gets proved proven right, I hate it. So when I saw my Uber driver's name, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, please don't prove the perception that comes with your name. Right. You know what I mean? Like you have that hope. Like, you know, I I, I once came across a young lady whose name was uh Jakeisha. but she was very well spoken very well educated had two degrees had a really good job making like 80k a year um she was in a pharmaceutical field and and then you know on paper you see that you like a Jakeisha, you know she might be like super ghetto so i like that fact that she proved that perception wrong so i look at my uber driver's name and I get in the car and I'm like, please don't be ratchet. Please don't be ratchet. Please don't be ratchet. And like some guy calls her. I don't know what this guy's relationship is, but some guy calls her and he's trying to get to work. And he's like, Yo, you know, you got the money. You got the money. I'm about to leave out and catch the bus now. You got the money. And I'm like, oh, well, let's strike one. And she's like. No, I ain't got the money. You know, my account is negative right now. You know, the money ain't get deposited yet. You know, call Mumu up and, and have Mumu, you know, uh, transfer you the money. See if you can hold the money from Mumu. And I'm like, I don't know this person's situation. Let me just sit back and get to work. Let me just sit. Let me go on my phone or whatever. But you know how like you try not to be nosy and like you can't help it because the, the conversation is so obnoxious that that you got to listen so that's kind of like what it was. So my first thought to myself was, 
okay, she's proven a few stereotypes right now, right now. You know, she knows somebody named Mumu. I mean, I got a personally, I got a cousin named Mumu. So I, it is what it is. You know, she, I'm like, okay, she, she knows somebody named Mumu. She ain't got the, right, whatever. I don't know her situation. So the guy's like, oh, she ain't got it. Something like, oh man, you know, this might be like a significant amount of money that this guy's asking for, right? So she's like, all right, let me call her. So she hangs up the phone with the guy. She calls Mumu. And Mumu's like, you know, she answered the phone real mad. Like she already knew what was coming, right? So my Uber driver's like, can you help? And I, I forget what the guy's name is. Um, she's like, can you help him out and give him the money until I'll give it right back to you? And then she's like, no, I'm tired of helping him. He need to be accountable. I'm tired of just giving him money. I don't have the money to just give him. I don't have the money to just give him. So, you know, they have a little argument. She hangs up the phone and then she calls him back and said, look, I don't know what to tell you. She ain't got it. Let me call so-and-so. So she calls somebody else who's already was familiar with the situation. And she was like, no. So my Uber driver goes, get this, y'all. This is the kicker. My Uber driver goes, you ain't got two dollars to give to him. I'll give it right back to you. I was like, all this commotion isn't over two dollars. No, it's not. It's not. It's not over two pieces of paper with our first president on it. It's not. It's not over two Georges. It's not over two Yanks. It's not over two Bones. It's not over two Singles. It's not over a car fare to get on a bus. It's literally two dollars. I'm like, are you are you kidding me? Seriously? You're calling up three people to ask to borrow two bucks? First of all, one person ain't got it, which translation, I don't want to give it to you. Some people had that problem with telling family no. They'd rather just lie and say they ain't got it rather than saying, no, I'm not giving it to you. I've done that to family before and they got mad at me, but it is what it is. If you're going to get mad at me because I don't want to give you my money, that's your personal problem. Then you got this other person who's saying like, no, they need to. I agree with Mumu. Go ahead, Mumu. Tell tell, tell, tell her he needs some responsibility. He t- Apparently, this is a consistent thing with this guy, uh, what I got from the, this conversation. Hey, here's another thing. Speaking of professionalism, I should have known none of this. It should have been, hey, I'm in an Uber right now. I will call you back. Or it should have at least been the phone taken off the speaker. She had it coming through the car, like the car speakers. So I knew all of their information, like all of it. So, and now I'm sharing it with you all. Good thing I don't know these people's names. So anyway, some of you might know them. How crazy would it be if they're listeners? And they're like, you know what? I had somebody in my Uber yesterday and that sounded like exactly like the conversation I had. But anyway, I did that some to none. But anyway, so I grew with Mumu. Mumu was like, you know, he needs accountability, responsibility. And, um, you know, it just made me crazy. Like, first of all, you're telling this other person that you're going to give it right back to them. No, you're not. Cause you just told Mumu that you didn't have it. And your account balance was in the negative. So, you know, you're not, I, and that's so crazy. Like all these, I'm listening to now, mind you, you know how you only normally hear like one side of the story. Like, let's say you sitting on the side of the phone. You only hear one person. You don't hear what the other person's saying. Or maybe something happened and your friend comes back and tells you what happened. But it's just their side of the story. You don't actually hear like the whole thing. I heard everybody's side of the story. So my Uber driver is sitting here telling one person that, you know, she ain't got it. Her account balance is a negative. And then she calls somebody else and tells them that she's going to give it right back to him. Like, no, you're not. 
You don't have it to give right back to him. So why would you even say that? That's crazy to me. So it got me to thinking about family and the values we put on family and how it affects even our kids, because we put this value on family where we feel like we got to do any and everything for them because that's what makes family family. And it got me to thinking, like, at what point do you become someone's crutch? Like me personally, growing up, um, when my father was still alive, I could I would I would say that I'm a family person. I, I love my cousins. I love my aunts and my uncles. And I love being around them. And uh, we did almost everything together. We're talking like stay up late. We're talking like play video games. We're talking about go to even walk into the store. Like the store was like a mile out and we would just get on our bikes and just walk. And I was like, I love doing everything with them. They were we were super, super close after my father passed away. And especially now after my mother has passed away, I don't I'm not a family person. I'm not. You know, I love my family still, but I'm not a family person. I'm not like that do or die family person. So growing up, my family was my friends. Like my friends became my family. Like I have people who are closer to me than my actual blood is, you know, um, blood type does not determine closeness. You know what I mean? And I once had a really close friend who looked at me some kind of way because I, I stopped letting him like borrow money. You know, whenever he needed money, he would come to me and it wouldn't be large amounts of money. It would be smaller amounts of money. Like we're talking like 20 bucks, you know. But after a while, I'm like, no. And he's like, oh, why you ain't got it? One, I remember one one time we had a conversation. He's like, well, why you ain't got it? And I was like, no, I have it. I just don't want to give it to you. And we had to have a very mature conversation. And I respect him because at the time he got mad at me. He said, oh, that's messed up. I'm your homie. You're supposed to be my friend. You know, we're supposed to be bros. You changed. You changed. You changed. Blah, 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 blah. And then, like, you know, a couple months later after he cooled down, you know, he ended up hitting me back up. I'm thinking he wants something. He like, hey, look, man, I just wanted to reach out to you and apologize and say, look, I'm sorry. You know, what I didn't realize was, uh, you know, you were actually hurting me by constantly helping me. And you were putting your foot down because you were actually truly trying to help me by telling me no. Because in the back of my mind, I knew I could always come to you. And I, that that let me know I, I didn't have to put 110 percent in the saving money because I knew at the back of my mind I could just always go to you. And it got me thinking about family, like how many of our family members are like that? How many of our friends are like that where we become a crutch to them because they know in the back of my mind, I could always lean on you. In the back of my mind, I know I, you can always give me a ride to work. You can always give me a ride when I'm in a pinch. In the back of my mind, you can always give me money for the light bill or the groceries. In the back of my mind, you can always watch my kids. Because I'm a poor planner and I'm unprepared and I feel like I don't need to be because you there. So my message to everybody listening is like, hey, look, don't be somebody's crutch. And if you do that to somebody else, you need to wake up and realize that you're, you're actually you're you're not treating them. You know, that's not respectful. You're not treating them right. You're not treating them well. That's disrespectful. If you truly love them, you won't put them in that situation because it's a tough situation to be in. Think about that. If you love somebody and someone's questioning your, your love and your commitment to them because you won't give them something material. You love this person. You would die for this person. But they just turn around and told you that you don't love them because you wouldn't let them borrow $20. That's hurtful. It really is. So just don't don't be like that. Sometimes people legitimately just can't do things for you. And you need to be understanding of that. And, um, you know, sometimes somebody just maybe flat out just doesn't want to do something at the moment. That doesn't mean that they don't love you. It doesn't mean that they don't care about you. It's just it's their time, just like it's your time. 
You know, like they're like we're talking about like telling small lies earlier. Look, if you don't want to go out, if you don't want to call somebody back, tell them that. Tell them that because otherwise they're going to start taking it personal. I know this one young lady. She never she she never gets back with me ever. I'll call her and I'll say, hey, call me later or hey, let's talk about this or hey, I'm doing this event. You're invited. And she'll just straight up not even talk to me. She won't follow up with me at all. And quite honestly, I'm starting to take it personal. You know what I mean? But like, just be honest. Look, I don't feel like going. I'm tired. Don't hit me with the whole, oh, I got this to do. I I don't feel like going. I'm tired. I don't really feel like being around a lot of people. You know, like, that's okay to say. That's that's your right. And if the person gets mad at you, whatever, at least you were on. At least you can say you were honest. I'd rather have somebody get mad at me because I'm being honest than somebody get mad at me because like. I'm like intentionally lying to them. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just not a good look. So just reach out to me guys. I really like to hear you guys' opinion. I'll talk. If you're listening at hotmail.com, if you're newer to the show, I T I Y L underscore I T I Y L on Twitter. Um, of course you can sign up for a speaker membership and follow me on there and leave comments on there. So speaking of lying intentionally, this past week, it was a scheduled visit to the White House for the world champion Philadelphia Eagles, uh, who beat the New England Patriots, just as a reminder to everybody. And my buddy Ryan's a huge New England Patriots fan. So not to not to remind you, brother, but it's forever etched in history. Um, So you're going to hear, if not from me, from somebody else. And you live in Philly, man. Come on. But anyway. They had a scheduled visit to the White House this week, and um, I'm going to paraphrase a lot of this. I mean, I feel I'm the type of person I feel like if you really want to know, you're not going to listen to me about it. You're going to go and find out on your own. So I'm going to paraphrase a lot of this, and 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 we're we're running late on time, and um, you know, I, I want I want to get this message out here before the show ends. But so long story short, um, there are a lot of Eagles players who don't agree with the person in the White House, our current president. And um, they uh, disagree with a lot of his uh, thoughts, behaviors, and they disagree with just the government in general on a lot of the uh, stances out there on certain things like protesting on certain things uh, about uh, criminal justice reform, um, uh, about certain things about, um, you know, charity. Um, You know, they disagree. So they already made the constant decision to not go to the White House. Uh, but the coach, the team owner, the president, they all put a um, the executive VP of football operations. They all put it on the team to, to decide on what they wanted to do as a team. They wanted to make it be a team decision. And they say, hey, look, go if you want to. You know, you don't have to go if you don't want to go if you want to. And, um, you know, a small tangent of players decided to like, hey, you know, we'll go. And my guess is because of the type of arrogant person that is in the White House right now, uh, he got offended. You know, how many of us know that like maybe back in high school or even now, the super popular jock guy who's super arrogant and just expects people to come to his party when they invite when when he invites them. That's the type of person we have in our White House. And I think honestly, in my opinion, he got offended that only a small group of people wanted to come and not like a large amount of people wanted to come like not the full team. He got offended. So he was like, no, they're uninvited. They can't come anymore. So he put out this like false narrative. He issued this statement basically saying that the Eagles canceled and not 
not them, and basically saying that only a small group of people were going to come, and it was smaller than the number that they had initially promised, and then they tried to cancel and reschedule. So the White House just said, no, we already penciled out this time frame. If you can't come, we're just going to repurpose the event. That's not true. That's not what happened. He just got upset like, oh, only 10 of y'all coming? Well, never mind. Maybe even less than 10. I heard that too. Maybe even less than 10 people. Oh, only 10 of y'all coming? Oh, well, never mind. Y'all can't come anyway. You know what I mean? You know, it's just kind of like planning for this big, huge party. You invited 50 people. Only two people said they can make it. And then you oh, never mind, y'all. I, I can't do it no more. You know what I mean? And then you try to blame other them. When you're talking to other people like, oh, yeah, you know, all these other people, they said they were going to come and then they couldn't come. So I just decided not to have it. No, it's just those people didn't want to come. You know what I mean? So he put this false narrative out there about them not wanting to come or whatever the case may be. You know, of course, it was trending on Twitter. So I did what any millennial would do. And I, I rushed to Twitter and I like, you know, looked at some of the hashtags and some of the, you know, the reply strings on a lot of different things. Um, and there were a lot of people out there positive um, who, uh, you know, were really positive about the Eagles response and the Eagles demeanor. Um, and they were like, you know, hey, look, I, I'm uh, oh, here. I'm, let me backtrack a little bit. Trump tweeted. He put he tweeted the false narrative of that. We stayed. We chose to stay in the locker room for the national anthem. We protested the national anthem by staying in the locker room and, and kneeling during the national anthem. First and foremost, no Philadelphia Eagle player kneeled during the national anthem. First and foremost. Secondly, no player protested by being in the locker room during the national anthem. That's that other Pennsylvania team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. We didn't do that. The, the closest thing we got to protesting during the national anthem was our safety, Malcolm Jenkins, raising his fist. He made a fist um, during national anthem, as well as some other players raised the fist. And other players actually put their arm around the people, the players holding a fist up just to show their support. Like, hey, I'm, I'm not going to put a fist up, but I'm going to put my arm around you just to show support. Right. So and a lot of these players are like really big into the community. Um, You know, Malcolm, Mal Malcolm Jenkins even made a trip to the to the to the capital, the, the, the state's capital um, and, and even had discussions with the mayor uh, on, you know, things that we can do. And even the Philadelphia police commissioner on what we can do to prevent certain things within the black community and within, you know, urban environments, environments just in general uh, to prevent, you know, uh, people going to prison for reasons they shouldn't have to or people going to prison unnecessarily for situations that could have been avoided. But of course, that guy in the White House tried to paint this perception of the Eagles players and knuckleheads. They're protesting against the national anthem and they're protesting against the military first and foremost i just want to let you know that although they relate the military the national anthem and the flag all relate to each other but are all separate things the national anthem was actually written to inspire our military troops not to honor our military troops our national anthem was written, I believe, even actually after we became a country in 1776. It was written to inspire our troops, to give our troops hope, not in honor of our troops. 
So if you're protesting the national anthem and 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 what it means for you, you can still have love for the military. So I, like there are certain people out there that are saying you should stand for the national anthem. My co- ask these people why. Ask these people why I listen to their answer. I guarantee you they don't they don't give a good one. They don't give a good one. So same thing with the American flag. The American flag means something different. So what it represents is un, is isn't debatable. It's a fact. The American flag represents America, the United States of America as a country. You can't debate that. It does. But what it means to you is totally subjective. It's whatever you want it to mean. It's whatever you need it to mean to you. What it represents, non-debatable. What it means to you, totally subjective. Your opinion, you're right. So if I want to kneel to protest the flag, I can do that because that's my right. And for all the people out here that are saying, like, it's disrespectful to the military, one, you're making no sense. Two, it's actually an honor to the military because the military goes out and fights for our freedoms and to preserve our rights as citizens, to preserve our rights as citizens. And one of our rights as citizens is to be able to kneel and protest during the national anthem. That's my right. They're fighting for my right to do that. So when you're saying it's disrespectful to them, it's actually an honor of them because I'm letting them know I'm taking advantage and I'm embracing the rights that you allow me that well, that not allow me, but I'm embracing the rights and I'm taking advantage of all my benefits as a citizen that you're going out to preserve for me, that you're going out to shed blood and tears for me. But yeah, that's that that's their right. You know, you're you're preserve. The military is preserving the rights that we have afforded to us. So it's an honor of the military, if anything. It's far from disrespectful. So my question to everybody out there who feels as though kneeling during the national anthem is disrespectful. um, My question to you is why? My question to you is why? And I would love to maybe even have you on the show. If you disagree, we can debate it on the show. I would I I love to I would love to have you on. My question to you is why? Why is it disrespectful? Why do you feel that way? More specifically, what does it mean to you? What does the flag mean to you? Now, if someone if you think someone's being disrespectful to your idea of something, that's one thing. But to sit here and say that's like you saying that you're disrespecting somebody else. Let that person speak for them. Like if the the army, the the the, the navy, the marine corps, air force, national guard, uh, or rather coast guard, rather, excuse me, um, came out and said, you know, their spokesperson or whatever came out and said, like kneeling towards the national anthem during the national anthem is disrespectful to us as an organization. Then yeah, okay, now you can sit here and say, okay, they've openly said that it's disrespectful. But how are you going to sit here and put words in somebody else's mouth and say, oh, it's disrespectful to them? No. I went on Twitter and uh, just to go back to earlier what I was saying, I went on Twitter and I'm looking at a lot of different strings um, and, re- and responses. And there were a lot of active duty and retired military uh, veterans who sit there and said, no, this isn't disrespectful at all. I think it's awesome that they feel like they can express their rights. You know, and then you have a lot of people just sitting there saying, oh, no, it's disrespectful to our flag. Yada, 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 yada. It's like you, 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 you aren't listening. You don't you don't even care why they're doing it. You're just sitting here saying like, oh, it's disrespectful that they're doing it. It's just like, hey, find a peaceful way to protest. And then we take a nail during the national. Oh, oh, not like that. Well, make up your mind. okay? 
So I would love to hear you guys' thoughts. Feel free to email into the show, to tweet at the show, or follow me on Spreaker and look for all of the episodes to go up shortly. I'll try to buckle down and do all of it over the weekend. One last bit of information for you all, then I'll let you all go. I know I've kept kept you for a bit. The um the YouTube page. The YouTube page, I actually have a really cool idea for it, and I'm going to hash out some details before I announce it, but I'm still going to upload the episodes to YouTube just for the people who don't have access to the various outlets like uh, Google Play or um, iTunes or uh, eventually Spotify or Stitcher or Spreaker, and you use YouTube uh, for all of your media needs. I'm still going to put the shows up on YouTube, but I thought it was something really, really cool. That I can do on my own time that I'm really looking forward to doing um, a couple times a month uh, that I'm going to put on the YouTube page just to encourage uh, traffic towards the YouTube page. So that's cool. Also, an upcoming segment, guys, um, I'm going to have a segment where I dedicate it to uh, businesses and organizations of my peers. If you take a look at all of these big wig executives who've uh, been making money and who've been in executive positions for years or who've been um, entrepreneurs or owners for years, they all know each other. You know, the John Maxwell's know the Ty Lopez's and et cetera, et cetera. In some cases, they even grew up together. Right. I want to start that now. I want to sit here and say when you guys have your own businesses or you're an executive leader, um, you're in a leadership role uh, at a huge company, a huge firm. I want to sit here and say that, you know, uh, I knew you from the beginning and uh, I want to sit here and say that I supported you from the beginning and I want you to feel like you had the support from the beginning. So I'm going to come up with a segment for uh, my peer group who have uh, things that they're involved in, whether it be uh, media companies, whether it be uh, nonprofit organizations or whether it be religious groups. Uh, whether it be um, just businesses in general, like you're, you're um, an entrepreneur or owner or manager of a business. I want to give you a platform to come onto the show and tell us about your business, what makes your business unique, and what you're going to do for the listeners of the show to encourage them to stop by and just give you a chance and give you a shot. So I had a few talks with a few people about that already, uh, my friend uh, Earl and my other buddy Bobby. Um, And I'm looking forward to having people on the show and discuss their businesses and some of their plans for the future. I'm really excited for that. In the meantime, everyone, I'm really looking forward to hearing all of you in person. Again, look for two episodes this week. If you haven't heard episode 16 yet, there will be two episodes. I can't wait to see you all in the streets. I can't wait to hear from you all in person. And hit me up on social media, too. I can't wait to talk to you all. In the meantime, take care, everyone. And as always... I'll keep talking if you'll listen.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.